Welcome back to the Project 24 blogging podcast. This is episode 204. All right, again, if you have not listened to the previous episode, I would highly encourage you to do that because we play a recap, basically a throwback to a very early episode um, about the garage sale, which is when we sold the majority of the sites. I keep saying we, but I guess we <laughs> as a company, I wasn't there at the time. Anyway, it was we, like right before. Right yeah. before. Yeah. I've learned a lot about it. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> and so now we want to talk about that. We want to talk about now what we know. What do we think about it? Do we have any regrets? You know, are, is there anything that we could have done differently at the time? It's just hard to know. Hindsight is yeah. twenty twenty, totally. right? So we have um, all the websites we sold at the time here. So we'll just go through them kind of one at a time and discuss what we think about them. So the first one is OutdoorTroop.com. Yes, this one was like the best deal <laughs> for 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 you or for us or for the other guy for the other guy um who's a super awesome guy yeah he way. is he's followed up with guy. him a few times and um in fact he just recently reached out to me and i need to reply to him because he's actually interested in selling it but we sold that website when it was still way too new uh, and we knew it like that was the point uh so to give a little bit of i guess you know back up just a tiny bit the concept of the garage sale, it was one of those things where financially it didn't make sense for us to do that. It was more that we're teaching blogging. We have a bunch of sites. At the time, we had all these sites, and they we put a ton of content on them, and we needed to start new sites. We need To be able to continue teaching, we needed to start from scratch over and over and over again. And so Jim and I talked about it, and he had this crazy idea to garage sale let's sell Wait, everything jim had a crazy idea i, I know <laughs> that, that ever happened um i know it's kind of out of character uh, um, every week every every month he's like let's sell everything and yeah. then he did a hem and haw a little bit because at first he was like well maybe not camper report i really like that ten thousand dollars a month we earned from that but also i would really like a, a really big check from selling it so we went back and forth on that one we went back and forth on the whole concept because the reality is I wanted to definitely have at least one site that was more established so that, you know, when there's an algorithm update, when things are happening, we would, we could have sites that are further along. Right. But the vision from there was like, well, let's start some new sites now and we'll just always have kind of some that are older, some that are newer and some that are starting, you know, we'll just always do that. And then that's not what happened because it's like anything else in a, in in a business, especially like priorities shifted, we hired Nate and Anna. We tried a bunch of new things. We started some YouTube channels and it was a long time, like nine months before we even yeah. started another blog that I regret mm -hmm. um, for sure that we didn't just immediately start something new. And, but the idea was, and then Jim's case was if we don't do, if we don't sell all of them, it's not as compelling for like a YouTube video. So basically it was a it was a marketing stunt for a YouTube video. Let's sell all of our sites. And in some ways it kind of backfired because uh, 
freaked a lot of people out. Yeah. They're like, mm. oh my gosh, income school is getting out of blogging. They're selling all their blogs. No, income school is selling all of our blogs and starting new ones. That's That was the goal. That was the point. So without Door Troop, it was a site that was like barely monetized at all. Uh, we had some affiliate links and stuff. I don't even know. I think guys, maybe we had put ads on it. I guess we had probably put ads on it because it was earning a little bit of money, but the traffic was super low. But if I remember right, it had like 800 articles on it. Yes. It was crazy. And yeah. they were all new and it was in the off season for most of it because it was outdoors. And I was like, man, this spring it is going to pick up. And it did six months later or, you know, by September. So like eight, nine months later, the site had a quarter of a million page views a month on it yeah. and earning $6,000 a month. I mean, <sighs> <laughs> and I, I knew that was what was going to happen. Could have, should have. Yeah. I, I'd have loved to kept to hang on to that one for sure. But, um, but we knew it was a great opportunity for, for the guy who bought it. And uh, hopefully it's been really good for yeah. him since, but. Yeah. By the way, Jeff actually came here and surprised he did. He did. Uh, you all yep. with uh, Thai food. And he gave you all That's an delicious. update. <laughs> One of the very good Thai restaurants nearby. Yep. And um, he gave you an update at the time. And it was just kind of right there in the moment. So yeah. it was a really cool experience to actually meet him. Yep. All right. Uh, let's go to sevenyearolds.com. So maybe before we jump into seven-year-olds, I'm going to give a little bit of background to where I was at that time um, and kind of a little bit of perspective uh, from where what I was working on. So I, uh, when I started with Income School, I, Rick and I were actually talking about this yesterday when we had finished recording the podcast. So I, uh, first time I met Ricky was end of 2018. I sat down with Ricky and Jim for dinner um, and we were talking Creator Studio. Yep. Um, I was headed to school um, at the university right where the uh, Crater Studio was. And so we were talking about potential uh, work opportunities there mm-hmm. and ended up um, working there as a manager. And so during my time there in Rexburg, uh, where the Crater Studio was, uh, we were working on all these sites. And we had quite the writing team. I think at that point in time, we had somewhere around 50 writers. Um, and dedicating all of their writing capacity to, I mean, it's, it's a good number of sites, but it's probably like five or six sites. So that's a ton of content. Ricky mentioned the, the amount of content that was on outdoor troop. I mean, there were tons of articles, um, in a good number of outdoor categories. I mean, it was a very fully built out website. We had covered quite a few bases there. Um, the amount of content that was going on uh, sites like Camper Report and some of these other ones, there was a lot of content happening. And I know um, also at that time, so you know, kind of fast forward a few months, um, it got to the point where I ended up moving back here to this office to work here uh, full time um, in kind of a different capacity with Project 24. And we ended up um, kind of evaluating the Creator Studio and realizing we just don't need as much content as is happening, you know, <laughs> yeah. we were pumping out so many articles and I know that for Ricky, like, um, the management of the creator studio was a significant time investment. Um, not only that, but also can you imagine doing hundreds of articles of search analysis over and over and over again? So 
not only was it was great to have a lot of content um and from my side of things it was awesome because there was plenty of work to be done there was lots of writers to be had and to be hired um but it was a ton it was a huge investment right i mean ricky said as always priorities shift and i know that at the time one of our uh, larger priorities was uh, really f- looking into YouTube and video content. Yeah. That was something that we were seeing that was, we had tested it a little bit and it was really valuable. And so we wanted to dig into that more. So we ended up closing the Crater Studio for a, a time. Um, and it was a couple months after that that we decided to garage sale. Um, anyway, I, I think that that's a really, that was in a really interesting place because by the time we went to garage sale, I know that you, Ricky and Jim and, uh, you were full on income school YouTube. I know talking about other YouTube projects potentially uh-huh. uh, coming down the pipeline. And then I was working in Project 24, um, you know, helping with courses and customer success and making sure that all of that was updated and ready to go. And at that point, that was pretty much it. Um, yeah. There was not a lot of other capacity to be not only, you know, maintaining these sites, but significantly improving them. Um, and so anyway, I think that those were all factors that I also felt, uh, kind of potentially played into the decision to sell is like, yeah. there was so much work to be done on them. And just by letting them sit, we knew that they were going to be so much, so much more valuable later on, but there was just no capacity to be had. Um, and so sometimes you have to cut stuff, you know, and I think that that's a painful decision. Um, but yeah. in the end, like you said, um, it, it ended up making sense to, uh, to take to take the leap and to make the, make the cuts that need to be made. Um, anyway, I, I think that it, it brings a, an interesting point that there is a lot going on, and and those of you who are creating websites know that it takes a lot to make uh-huh. a website valuable. And there's a couple examples here. Some of these websites that were improved significantly, we as we talked about them, we kind of said, yeah, we could, that one was kind of probably ready to sell. It wasn't on a huge upward trajectory, but once it was sold and the owner the new owner was able to solely focus on it. There were some significant improvements that were made and monetization could was doubled. Um, and that was just something that we didn't quite have the capacity for. Anyway, that was a, a little bit of a long side tangent, but I think it was a, a there were a couple of elements there that um, kind of played in to the decision to be made that were really apparent to me uh, because I remember like feeling, Oh man, I wish we could just take some of these websites and just kill it in the next few months. But it was, there were so many courses to be made and updates to be had and um, just not enough time in the day. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I I remember talking to Jim like, we just need to monetize these and let them sit. And he's like, are we ever going to get around to monetizing them? Are we actually going to do it? Right. And I'm like, we should. Right. But it's, it was, it's a matter of priorities. And right. so in the end, he won out on that one. Yeah. <laughs> we sold them all. <laughs> and that's okay. I mean... I do, in hindsight, I would have loved to have hung on to at least one and really taken it all the way. Yeah. And then, and had that so that we could have some really good data mm-hmm. of our own whenever there's an algorithm update and stuff. But instead, we went through a pretty long period of time where we just haven't had big sites. Right. And so now we're changing that. Yeah. You know, we're, we're back. We're working on building some really good sites, building them up big mm-hmm. um, so that we can show what that Mm -hmm. looks like and taking them all the way. And that's the thing that um, with these sites, it was always like content, content, content. Right. But then like EAT, monetization, all that just kind of took a backseat. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Uh, with sevenyearolds.com, that one was interesting it because was. that is kind of YMYL, right? We talked about <laughs> um, like anxiety for kids, uh-huh. depression for kids. Mm-hmm. And when you are not necessarily an expert or a professional in those fields, it's a little bit harder to rank, right? Um, totally. Yeah, so that was kind of an experiment at the time. It was. We tr- we tested out. Um, we'd have our writers in many cases reach out to like pediatricians, mm-hmm. um, and then we would have a little. You know, this article was reviewed by this pediatrician. I, I don't know how often we did it, but we told them like we could even link to mm-hmm. their. You know, if they have a profile page somewhere, basically like somebody reviewed this who who knows the answers, um, or like you know the information for this article was provided by this person. They weren't the listed author because they didn't write it, but uh, we we experimented with that. The big experiment too, beyond the YMYL aspect, was where we we took the this whole niche. It was like we didn't just talk about health. We didn't just talk about activities. We didn't. We took everything that has to do with seven year olds and put it all onto one site. You know that was the thing that tied it all together, and I I think it didn't work very well. <laughs> <laughs> It, it would be better to talk about, you know, kids' activities, kids' mm-hmm. health, kids' this. There are a lot of things where it's like the answer is going to be the same, whether the kid's seven, six, mm-hmm. or eight. You know, right. there are some things that are going to be more specific, but a lot of things, it's age ranges. Mm-hmm. And so it just didn't, it didn't make a lot of sense in the end. So it was an experiment with taking something like that and then covering, you know, covering it just very, very, very broadly but where there's that one specific thing that ties it together, being really specific when it comes to all the contents about seven-year-olds. It's still, I mean, when we followed up with the buyer, it was getting 40,000 page views a month, earning like $550 a month. Not not a lot, but it was definitely our lowest performer out of that whole batch of websites. And I think there were just, there's a lot of experimentation yeah. going on. And yeah. we learned a lot from it. Yeah. Um, and it was good. I feel like it was an interesting experiment. I don't know that we had ever dabbled in the, the YMYL space so much. Yeah. And so at least we know, you know, what it, what it takes to do something right. like that. It does take a little bit more. And so when people ask questions in the community or in the masterminds, you know, we can use that as an example. Totally. All right. So uh, let's go to dirtbikeplanet.com. This one did it pretty well. It yeah, improved. this one was, um, and this one was was different than the rest because this one started out as a website that we bought. It was dirtbiketipsandpicks.com. Great name with hyphens between <laughs> each word. Um, it was not on WordPress either. We had to move it to WordPress, which was fun. A lot of hours of my work, and then after that was done, while I was starting up our cabin website, I wrote fifty articles on that one. Jim wrote 50 articles or 50-ish articles on Dirt Bike Planet. So he gave that one sort of a head start, bumped it up. And then later on, I think we added some content yeah. in Creator Studio too. Yeah, we did. So that's kind of where it was at the time that we sold it. We sold it uh, to a Project 24 member. It was earning like $1,000 a month. Um, and over the next nine months, he more than doubled that. So that's awesome. I think a really good investment. <laughs> this is a website that we haven't, really talked about for a long time yeah um really most of these because we don't own them anymore uh, it is funny to me in the recent months we've started up kind of a website in a similar space 
just in the off-roading space. And we've gotten some really funny comments about how it's the exact same niche. Um, and it's just, we're totally taking a different approach with this website, but um, it is kind of fun to look back on it and to see, we were very, very specific. I mean, it's dirt bike planet. Um, it was a very, very specific niche about dirt bikes. Um, whereas our new site now, it's going to be much more broad uh, to all things off-roading. So anyway, it's it's kind of funny because it's been years since we've owned this website. Yeah. Um, but we're going to be starting up a similar website. Not similar. It's really a different category, totally different categories. But anyway, Dirt Bike Planet is one where um, I got to oversee some of the writing on some of the content. And it it was one that we had had around a little bit longer in the portfolio. It wasn't one that, like Ricky said, we didn't start it brand new. Yeah. Um, and so um, it it was, I would say, more established um, than just a lot of these other ones. And so the income was doubled. It didn't skyrocket when we sold it like the rest of them, but I think that's probably to be expected, um, whereas we had added some content to it, but not a ton. So anyway, there there were so many websites here um, but that was one that was kind of cool to see the improvement that was made, even though there wasn't a lot to be expected from the new articles on the website. There was definitely some traffic increase, I would imagine. Um, but I think a lot of the monetization improvement was just done by someone who knew how to improve monetization. Um, and I think that, to me, that is an important thing to take into consideration for any website, that if you know what you're doing... You can definitely make some significant improvements without significantly increasing the traffic, uh, which I think is awesome. It's really cool to uh, get an update from all these websites and just in general looking back and learning from those experiences. So as a whole, what do you think are the biggest takeaways from these websites and now what we're working on currently? I would say, you know, one takeaway for me is what a website is worth to you and what it could be worth to a buyer might be two very different things. We were not in a position at that time to be able to prioritize these websites to the point to take all of them, at least, to where they could be. They had potential. Whereas a buyer who is picking up one of these websites and is going to focus their effort basically entirely on that one was in a position to be able to properly monetize and grow these websites. Some of them, I mean, it really was kind of a matter of like, let the content age. Right. But, but really, um, in several cases, it was worth more to the buyer than it would have been worth to us at that time, just because they were going to be able to prioritize it and turn it into something. Camper Report was one where the buyers, they had other websites in the same industry, campers and, and outdoors and so it fit into their uh, portfolio really well. And so there was kind of a synergy that happened there. They were able to take all this traffic that we, that we had and the traffic they had and pass traffic back and forth and uh, monetize it even better and just do way better mm -hmm. because of these assets that they owned. And so just keep that in mind. If you want to sell a website, to you, it's worth what it's worth based upon the content that's on it and based upon how much it's earning. But if you can recognize the opportunity for a buyer, then you don't have to let them push you around yeah. in the negotiations because it's it can sometimes be easy to see like, no, look, there's all these opportunities for you and it's going to be worth a lot more for you. Yeah. Um, so that was a big learning. And then the other one is just like, sometimes we want to do big things for the sake of it, just for the sake of it being big. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that in, in the world that we're in right now as content creators. You, you kind of have to do things big sometimes to get noticed. But big doesn't always mean 
it's the best. Right. And it's the garage sale YouTube videos didn't dramatically change our business. They didn't give us a whole ton more views and subscribers. In fact, if we had thought through it more ahead of time, we'd have realized like created a certain amount of fear and uncertainty Mm -hmm. (laughs) in people. And it, to some extent, robbed us of insights we could have gained by having a few mm-hmm. or at least one big website. Yeah. That, that's, that's kind of the trade-off too. It's just don't just do big just for the sake of big unless it actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I, I would say as far as where we are today, since the garage sale, there's been a lot of focus back into blogging. Yeah. Uh, not, that, not that we stopped focusing on blogging, but as far as starting up a new project, there was a period of time where we didn't. And yeah. since then it has changed. Uh, you know, we have, we write content ourselves. Uh, we have writers who write content for us. Uh, we've purchased a significant number of blogs, probably a couple too many. And we've started up a significant number of blogs, probably also a couple too many. Um, but we're working on the process. Yeah. Um, we're learning things. We have testing grounds. While we still don't have a website that's as big as Camper Report, um, we will. I have no doubt uh, we have websites that are growing very, very well. And we're always taking what we're learning and applying them and taking things that we think and testing them so that we can share them all with you guys. So uh, we definitely have built up the portfolio again, and it continues to grow day by day. We're in depth in a couple very serious projects, Mm -hmm. Uh, Project Double Time, and then our also Project Charity we're working on right now very seriously. We also have other websites, but those two are serious and we're very committed to uh, learning things and so it's really fun the blogging process is difficult there are so many elements to it to make it successful and i think more now than ever it takes a lot of hard work to make a website work Um, but it's something that we love doing and so it's it's kind of fun to see where it's all come in the last few years and it'll be interesting to see where we're at in the next few years Mm -hmm. Uh, but overall uh, we're definitely in it we're in it and up to our necks <laughs> and it most days. So yes. it's fun. Yeah. I was just going to say, we will plan to do an update in the next yeah, couple of few years, uh, especially on these fresh sites mm-hmm. that we're, we're starting right now. And it will be interesting just with a new technology that we've all been talking about um, that's coming out. And we talked about it in, in a previous episode, but there's a little bit of fear out there. Um, and then there is a lot of optimism And so with these new sites, we're going to be in that and experimenting with that as well. So it'll be fun to get those updates. All right. Do you all have anything else to add? No, I was just going to say, look forward to episode 500 where we talk about where we were today. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Project 24 Blogging Podcast and have a wonderful rest of your day. Project 24 is a product of Income School LLC. Results mentioned are not typical. The trademark Project 24 refers to the goal of some people to create a successful business in 24 months, but is not a promise or guarantee of that success. Many online businesses fail because, like any business, it requires hard work, skill, and dedication. Before making business decisions, consult financial and legal professionals licensed in your jurisdiction. So in short, the only person who can make your business successful is you. We are simply here to provide information to help you along the way.